Good evening and welcome to this worship, this Easter Sunday evening, a day of celebration and joy, for he has risen. Our first song is saying exactly that, he has risen, Jesus is alive. Let's pray together. Lord, our loving, gracious God, we praise you that you have risen, that Jesus is alive and that he reigns forever. We thank you, Lord, for the victory that was won as the tomb burst open and the saviour who thought, Satan thought he had defeated, grabbed the victory. We thank you, Lord, that this was not just a spiritual resurrection, but a physical resurrection for us to know that Jesus truly is alive and reigns forever. And Lord, on this Easter Sunday evening, as we worship and praise together, we thank you, Lord, for the hope that the Easter story has given us, the hope that we do not need to fear, the hope that we have eternal life, the hope that we will reign with you, the hope that all is well. We thank you, Lord, that Easter did not end in the Garden of Good Friday. It did not end with the death and the cry of, it is finished, but it ended with the victory of, he has risen. And Lord, we pray that tonight we will just come and we will be even more aware than ever before of the truth of the risen Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's hear the gospel story as it was recorded by Matthew and in Matthew chapter 28. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. He appeared his appearance was like lightning. His clothes were as white as snow. And the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Our next song, The Servant King from Heaven You Came, Helpless Babe. We hope you have got your notice sheet and please do read and pray for the prayer requests on that and join us at the many things that are going on at RBC this week. Thank you also to all who have given through the offerings, whether you've done that online using the link on this page, or maybe you have done it through the backs, directly into the bank using the details on the notice sheet. 
You may have done it through the church app. We thank you. Or done it by putting money in the boxes as you come to the services or paying by card as you arrive at the church. Whatever way you have given to the church, thank you so much. It is greatly appreciated. God's will and work is being done through those gifts. Let's give thanks to God for the gifts and then we will continue with some prayers of intercession. Let us pray. Father, on this Easter Sunday, as we rejoice in all that you have done and given and shown your people, we thank you, Lord, for the willingness and the ability to give to you in part of our worship, to give to you through the online giving and giving to you through the many different ways. We praise you. And Lord God, we just pray those gifts will be used and others will come to know of your love. God, our Father, on this Easter day, we come together to offer our praise and adoration for Jesus. Jesus risen, alive, powerful and victorious, the salvation of the world. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Lord, without the resurrection of your Son, our faith would be empty and with hope. But he is alive and we rejoice in the knowledge that in Jesus, all that separates us, injures and destroys, has been overcome by that which unites, heals and creates. Lord, we pray for your church here at Romford. And we give thanks for to you for calling us into the company of those who trust Christ and seek to obey his will. We think of your church today celebrating in homes, in clusters and in crowds all over the world. Our language, race, nationalities may be different, but our worship is one and our praise for you united. We pray that your spirit may guide and strengthen us in all in mission and service to you, to our own community and to the world outside in whatever way we can contribute and we pray that day by day we may draw closer to you, experiencing your love for us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, on this special day, grant us peace in your world for countries where war and communities are broken. We pray today for those involved in conflicts around the world. And in our prayers, we especially remember the people of Syria. We pray for all those who are peacemakers in active duty around the world. And we ask that you keep them safe until they return home to those, their families and those they love. We pray for those living in our own country in areas of deprivation where high unemployment and crime levels make daily living a tough challenge. May all who struggle know that you are always with them in their suffering and that they will follow you with them step by step down whichever road they choose to take. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for ourselves. You know the needs of human life as we seek to live lives according to your example. Help us by your presence to overcome our hasty speech that hurts others, 
to be free from greed and selfishness, from pride and jealousy that spoils our life. Help us to curb our temper, to be free from moodiness and wanting our own way. Let, us, let your presence help us to care about the feelings of others, to be gentle and ready to say we are sorry. You know us, Lord, bring out the best in us so that we may live our lives to reflect your way for the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for those in your world who are in need and ask you to look with pity on those who suffer. Be merciful to those in need. We pray for the brokenhearted that you will bind up their sorrow for the sick that you would heal their infirmities, for the lonely that you would discover the perfect friend, for the bereaved that in the midst of their unmeasurable loss they will know the depths of your love. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, a light which no darkness can quench, and we remember before God all those who have lost loved ones, and we pray, Lord, your presence with them. May you turn their darkness into light. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Everlasting God, help us now to celebrate the joy of the resurrection of Jesus and to express in our lives the love we celebrate. Death cannot hold the Lord of life. New life from him means new life for all who believe in Christ. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're now going to hear the scripture read by David Suchet from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And after that, we have that great hymn, Amazing Grace. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Yet by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach and this is what you believed. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? 
If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn. Christ the firstfruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. Now, if there is no resurrection, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? And if the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning, for there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. But someone will ask, How are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish! What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another. And star differs from star in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory.
It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed, in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And happy Easter to you all. This evening, the theme for this message is victory in Christ. Victory in Christ. Victory is a word used when you defeat an enemy or achieve success in a struggle against obstacles or difficulties. Victory is a word used when you come out on top after a battle. So let us get the background here. Who is the enemy? What is the battle? How was it fought? The background here can be seen in the book of Genesis. When God gave Adam and Eve the instruction not to eat of a particular, of the fruit of a particular tree, but they succumbed to the advice of the devil and ate the forbidden fruit. In other words, they disobeyed God. Adam and Eve, the, who used to enjoy fellowship with God, suddenly became aware of their nakedness. And when God called unto them, 
they hid. Why? They said because they were naked. We all therefore knew this story. God pronounced curses on them and expelled them from the Garden of Eden. At the beginning, before sin came into the world, they enjoyed a sort of fellowship, rapport with God. But as soon as sin came into the world, as a result of the disobedience, then there was the barrier. They could no longer fellowship with God. So, man lost the fellowship with God. Sin entered the world. And so, death came. What an unfortunate incident there. And since then, it has been a battle. A battle. Because the devil wants to get hold of man. And God wants man back. It's been a roller coaster into, from one sin to another. And no wonder the scripture says in Romans 3 verse 23. Romans 3 verse 23. It says, for all are sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The entire world was going towards the devil. But God did not fold his hands. He wanted to reconcile man back to himself. Despite the disappointment he suffered. He stretched forth his hands to us. By sending to the world his only begotten son Jesus Christ. John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world. That he gave us his only begotten son. That whosoever believed in him will not die but have everlasting life. And verse 17 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God sent his son to save the world through him. So Jesus Christ was both God and man. He put on flesh and walked on the earth, but did not sin. So Christ was given to us as a gift. What a love. Jesus Christ is sent to the world, to the humble, to those who are suffering, to those in power, for those responsible for the laws of the state and of society. Jesus went about doing good. Luke 4, 18 to 19. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus Christ came to the world to challenge the norms of this world. He preached the word of God and revealed the truth. He revealed his relationship between him and Father. Revealed the mind of God. And most importantly, he showed us 
the way to the Father. He came to reconcile us to God and to accomplish this goal, this goal of reconciliation, he had to be put to death. He was put to death. And on the third day, he resurrected. The resurrection of Jesus Christ brought us victory. The keys that were snatched by the devil from our first father, our mother, Adam and Eve, Jesus retrieved it for us. 1 Corinthians 15, that has been read to us, we shall go through this and we will see what did we benefit from the death of Christ? We knew about victory. Victory in which areas? 1 Corinthians 51, it says, We receive salvation through the gospel of Christ. And in verse 2 it says, Christ died for our sins. So, the first victory we have in Jesus is victory over sin and sickness. Victory over sin and sickness. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new. So by accepting Christ, by acknowledging that Jesus Christ died for my sin and he resurrected, we have been made righteous. We have been made righteous. We put on the righteousness of Christ. Romans 6, 1 to 4 explains this further. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Mm -mm, by no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Died to sin and raised up to a new life in Christ. So, we are no longer under sin. We are no longer under the law. 
Christ gave us victory over sin. Through Jesus Christ, we become righteous. Our fellowship with God was restored. We are no longer enemies of God. Rather, sons and daughters of God. No wonder the scripture says, For as many as believed in him, he giveth the power to be called children of God. You are a child of God. And you did not attain this status by your works. We only achieve that through Christ's death and resurrection. Glory be to God. The second victory we have is victory. The second victory is resurrection of the dead and victory over death. Resurrection of the dead and victory over death. Through the first Adam, death came to the world. And through the second Adam, Jesus Christ, we are made alive. The scripture says, death shall be destroyed. That is, death is put to death, finally. Hallelujah. Paul was emphatic on this point. If we read that passage again, 1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 26, it says it all. I'll just read verses 19 to 26. It says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all most to be pitied. That is, we are the most miserable. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, but each in turn, Christ, the first fruits then, when it comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come. And when he hands over the kingdom to God, the father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Victory over death. Remember I said the first one. The first enemy is sin. And sin brought death. The resurrection of Christ gave us victory over death. Because Christ resurrected, death is therefore not the last for us as Christians. There is resurrection. 
Many of us have lost our loved ones. It's just a week, a few weeks ago now, that my mother-in-law died. My parents were all, have all, are all dead. But there is hope that we shall see again. We shall see them again. Hope is not lost. We will see our beloved again. And that was what Paul was saying. That if only our hope is in this world, then we are the most miserable. But praise be to God. Our hope is not only in this world. We shall rise. We shall no longer be under the foot of death. Because death itself will be put to death. And we shall reign forever with our loved ones who have died in Christ. We shall reign forever with God. What a victory. What a victory. And that no wonder Paul was, the Apostle Paul was saying that we should not mourn like the unbelievers because they have just gone to rest. And they will soon be woken up from their sleep. What a victory. Victory over death. The third victory is there is transformation. We shall be all, we shall all be transformed. First Corinthians 15, 35 to 49. We shall all be transformed. I don't know, maybe in this world, whether you like your body or you don't like it. Whether you like the way you are or you do not like it. But I can tell you that we shall be transformed. We shall put on heavenly bodies. Just imagine how glorious it will be. Verses 42 to 44 of 1 Corinthians 15 says it. It says, the body that is sown, this body is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It shall be raised or it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. Then it will be raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there, is a, if there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. We will bear the image of the heavenly man. The image of the heavenly man. So the issue of color, the issue of height, the issue of whatsoever is done because it ends here. We shall be given a new body, heavenly body. And with that heavenly body, we reign with Christ. 
Those who are still alive will be raptured. And those who are dead will be transformed. Apostle Paul concluded with an appreciation to God. After death has been swallowed up in victory, and we ask, where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? We cannot say that if it were not to be for Christ. Christ came, he conquered, he died, he resurrected. He gave us back the keys that were snatched away from us. He reconciled us to God. He gave us victory over sin. He gave us victory over death. He gave us victory over sickness. And that is why the scripture says that a name has been given unto us. And at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow. And every tongue must confess. If you are a child of God, at the mention of the name of Jesus, every trouble, every trial, every temptation shall bow. And that is as a result of victory that we have in Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus carries power. The blood of Jesus carries power. And it's as a result of the victory Jesus gave to us. So I said at the beginning, what victory is all about. And the victory we have is in Christ Jesus. We enjoy that victory. I don't know you that is out there. Are you enjoying that victory in Christ? Are you enjoying victory over sin? Are you enjoying victory in your daily life? Let's use this time of Easter to have a review, to have a check. If Christ had given us victory, why am I not enjoying the victory? Is there anything you need to do? I will say, come back to Christ. The prodigal son came back to Christ to enjoy the fellowship with his father. You can also come back to Christ. Come and enjoy the fellowship with your maker, with your creator. Is knocking. He's beckoning. He's pleading with you to come. Come. Come receive the rest I give. The blood I shed should not be a waste. 
I've already given you the victory. Claim the victory. Receive the victory. And this can only be done by accepting him as your personal Lord and Savior. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, we thank you because you gave us victory. Thank you for the victory we receive from you. We do not have to work for it. You have just given it to us. Lord, help us to continue to live a life of victory. We are, we are strayed away from you, Lord. Father, help us to retrace our steps back. Help us to be able to live a righteous life. A life that is pure in our hearts. A life that is satisfactory, that works hand in hand with you. The Lord, whether by rapture or we be called home, we also can have victory over death. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the love. Thank you, O oh Lord, for dying on the cross, for giving us that victory. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Diddy, for bringing God's word. And as we go towards the close of this service, we're going to have that really traditional Easter celebration song that says, Christ the Lord is risen today.
Thank you for being with us at RBC. And as the service closes, there'll be some music just to go into the rest of your evening and the week ahead. But for now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and give you his peace. Amen. <laughs>